praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Your ways are higher than mine. Praise the Lord. I appreciate that special this evening. And I believe it's applicable uh, and, and appropriate for tonight's message. Look with me, if you would, Psalm 23. Psalm 23, we've made it through. Now, the very first week we began to study Psalm 23, we walked through the entire psalm. Six short verses here. And next week we made it through uh, verses 1 and 2 here. Notice with me, the Bible says, The Lord is my shepherd. Now, we're going to do this every single week. And we're going to look at those first five words and we're going to place an emphasis there. And where is the emphasis placed this week for you? Uh, maybe it is, again, as we place an emphasis on each of these words, the Lord is my shepherd. And maybe this week it's the Lord is my shepherd for you. Uh, maybe it's the Lord is my shepherd. Uh, maybe it is the Lord is my shepherd. Uh, where is it for you today or this week as you begin to think about those things? You know, uh, sometimes we'll go through weeks and and we might need a, a reminder that the, the great shepherd is caring for us. And so that week it might be the Lord is my shepherd. And we place an emphasis on the, the shepherding of God in our lives. And maybe sometimes you're having a week where you're just thankful for your salvation. And so you're, you're placing an emphasis on the word my there. The Lord is my shepherd. And you begin to rejoice in your salvation and the fact that he is your shepherd. Maybe uh, this week you're placing emphasis on the simple fact that, man, you have a, a, a God who lives, not a God who's dead. So the Lord is my shepherd. But where is it this week for you as you're placing that emphasis on this portion of scripture and this uh, specific psalm here? I want to encourage you to continue reading through this each and every single day to encourage yourself. But the Bible says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Now, remember again, verse number two was a, a verse that helps us understand that he's not making us, he's not forcefully doing anything like this, but he is very simply, he's making the circumstances, he's making the pasture so pleasant that you can't help but do something like that. Some of you tonight would say that you, you love Krispy Kreme. Any of you out here, you just some Krispy Kreme lovers, when that hot, just fresh light is on, you have no intention at that time when you're driving down Wilma Rudolph to go ahead and turn in Krispy Kreme. But then you just happen to glance up and you see that that big red sign is lit up and you think, I've got to. I've just got to. When you think about sometimes in our own lives, in this verse right here, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. The, the circumstances are so pleasant that you, you just have to. You, you, you can't help but not follow the Lord. So he's not making you in a forceful way. He's not leading you in a forceful way, but he is guiding you. He is carrying you, if you would. Now we come to a portion of Scripture last week we looked at verses 1 and 2, and we looked at four things that sheep need in their life that we can apply in our own personal walk with the Lord as well that helps us when it comes to walking with the Lord. The first thing was that we dealt with was that they needed a full stomach. And you think about these characteristics here. They were no longer hungering for certain meals because the shepherd was providing, and, and, and they were able to fully rest on a full stomach. And when we, we began to relate some of these principles and these truths from a sheep's life to our lives spiritually, we began to realize, I pray that you began to realize, that you can't feed on the junk of this world and expect yourself to be full. Uh, as, you think about, as you think about dieting or eating healthy, it's one of those things where you, you naturally feel a little bit better as you begin to cycle off of soda and Coke and, and all of those things, and you only drink water, you begin to feel better. You, as a matter of fact, over a certain amount of time, you begin to crave water. 
You just enjoy drinking that where it was one time a struggle. And it's the same thing in the Christian life sometimes when we're trying to get away from the, the, the junk of the world and the filth of the world. We're feeding on all these things and we're, we're not satisfied. We're not pleased, if you would. And we're saying there's, there's got to be more to this. And all of a sudden, the Lord begins to work in our lives. We begin to realize that we hadn't been feeding properly the nutrition that we need spiritually on the Word of God. And we've been feeding on all of that over there, and so you begin to get alone with the Lord and feed on the Word of God, and all of a sudden your appetite grows for the Word of God. And you, you, you feel nourished, if you would. You're able to rest. I gave the example of myself whenever I accepted the Lord as my personal Savior, and I had been restless for weeks and months on end because I knew I wasn't saved. And the moment that I accepted Christ as my personal Savior, it was the best night of sleep I'd had in a long, long time. There are seasons now, seasons sometimes whenever you might be going through uh, uncertain circumstances, you're trying to find direction as you begin to try to find direction in your own places and you're trying to figure it out yourself instead of taking it to the Lord, you find that you're, un you're able, not able to get the rest that you need. And then you begin to feed on the Word of God and give it to the Lord and spend time with Him and all of a sudden He gives you that peace. Not only a full stomach, but the, 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 the sheep needed some freedom from the parasites, the flies, the pests, if you would. There's some pests in this world. There are. Let's just be honest. There's some, there's some people that, that don't want to see the work of God move forward. They're, they're insects, if you would. They're, they're parasites, they're flies, they're pests that we can relate to. God deals with them. That the, the sheep needed freedom from fear. If a war, wolf was lurking around or another predator, they, they weren't able to properly get the rest that they needed. But the, when the shepherd was there, the, the sheep were able to rest because they knew the shepherd would take care of that. Can I share with you, we have a great shepherd who's always paying attention to the wolves that are lurking around. The final thing we looked at was that they needed freedom from fighting amongst the flock. Man, you think about those, those, two, those two sheep going at it, trying to, to set the ground on who's the, who's the greatest amongst themselves. And one of the things that we addressed last week is that if Satan could get in and try to disrupt the local church and really try to get in and disrupt Gateway Baptist Church, he's going to try amongst each other. Amongst each other. And we have to be careful of that. We have to make sure that we're guarding our testimony and giving ourselves to the Word. This morning as we were in Sunday school class, we were talking about Acts chapter number 16 in the local church and, and some of the things that you find in Acts chapter number 16 and what they started with, the, the, I guess you would say the blueprints of the starting of the church of you know, Philippi and all of what was going on, and it started with the Word. And I can't remember who it was. It might have been Brother, Brother Scott Parker who we were, we were asking the question, what were some things that were evident that you see in Acts chapter number 16 and really at the beginning of the book of Acts and all that? And, and one of the things that he said was that they were of one accord. And in Scripture, when you find that these individuals, these local churches, were in one accord, the reason they were one accord is because they were all given to the Word. You want to find a church that is on fire for God together, as Brother Harold was talking, put a fire within us, praying that prayer at the beginning of the service. Put a fire within us and stir us, and a church that is on fire together and moving forward for the cause of Christ, it's going to be this right here. It's not, just, it's not going to be because an individual begins to give pep talks and get you stirred up because that will all fizzle on out. But when you find that there is something that, that God begins to deal with your heart and that a fire comes and it's lit from this book right here, that's hard to put out. That's hard to put out. And so this church was in one accord. I wonder tonight if the devil is going to try to disrupt our local church. He's going to try to get us from this book right here. And so what's going to happen? All of a sudden our schedules might get busy. I just wasn't able to read the Word of God this week. I just, it was a really busy week. 
ah, I wasn't able to study for the preaching of God's word this week. It was just a busy week. And all of a sudden, we begin to drift away from the word of God. So notice with me, verse number three, if you would, today. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Notice with me, if you would, we see three things this evening that begin to deal with verse number four. As he says, he restoreth my soul, he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. One of my favorite Proverbs is Proverbs chapter number three, because it begins to deal with some of those, pro those paths, if you would. And you begin to study, if you begin to study the book of Proverbs, you'll find that in that book you'll see some words and statements like the paths of the righteous, the paths of the unjust, or the paths of the wicked. You'll see certain statements like that. As you go and you study certain paths, you think about even the kings, and in the, the book of Chronicles it'll begin to define a king's reign based upon one statement. Either he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord all the days of the Lord, or all the days of his life, or it'll just very simply say, and he did that which was not right. And it's just very plain and simple. It's just to the point. It's just he either did good or he did bad. Let's just call it what it is. You know, and one of the things we find in our own lives sometimes is we like to, to give a lot of, uh, what, what's the, the disclaimers, if we would. Well, we did right most of the time. I mean, there was that one situation where I didn't, but, you know, there are other times, and we like to just try to beat around the bush. No, no, are you living for the Lord or are you not living for the Lord? Well, I am living for the Lord, except when, no, 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 are you living for the Lord or are you not living for the Lord? Well, I, I am, but, no, 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 are you or are you not? You know, you think about that, even when you're dealing with kids sometimes, you're trying to get the truth out of your children. Just the other day, uh, Jackson and Holly were fussing, and, and one of them came to me, and, and I can't remember what the situation was, but I just point blank, are you, are you, did you do it or not? Well, it was Holly. She was sitting in the far back of the, the, the van or something like that, and we were talking, I said, did you do that or not? And uh, she said, well, well, well. No, did you or not? Well, I, 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 Miss Lizzie gave her a toy is what it was. Miss Lizzie said, you're allowed to have this toy, but don't open it up until after church. I'm telling you, this girl, she's, she's, she's going to be a problem. She comes to me, and she, she, get, she tells me that, hey, Miss Lizzie gave me this toy. Can you open it for me? I, Are you allowed to have it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm going to have to start asking the person who gives her toys and stuff from now on. And so, sure enough, I opened that toy. So Lizzie comes to me. She says, hey, she wasn't supposed to open that until church was over. I said, hmm, well, too late now. So we get in the van. I said, did you lie to me? Well, she, she told me I, I could the second time. What about the first time, you know? In our, in our Christian lives sometimes, we, we like to, to say those things. And you think about the paths of the righteous. Notice this verse right here. He says, he restored my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now, we're going to get into this here in a few moments. And this is one of my favorite verses because I'm a visual person whenever I read the word of God. I love to envision some of the things. So whenever I begin to study and I begin to see things become, uh, coming to life, I get excited about that. And so here in a minute, I'm going to use two of you as an illustration to get this point across. But notice with me in this statement, he restoreth my soul. You begin to see Jehovah once again. You see Jehovah Rapha. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. As you think about all of the, the, the attributes of the Lord and Jehovah in this portion of Scripture, in this book of the Bible, specifically Psalm 23, for his name's sake. And that, re that word restores begins to deal with being refreshed, if you would. 
You ever just walked into the house of God, you've really, you've been struggling for weeks on end, and you walked in, and you sat down, and then the preaching began, you walked out of that service, whether it was a revival meeting, a stewardship conference, a missions conference, uh, you went out of town, and you just visited, I mean, you were just really, and, and the preacher preached something that you said, you know what, I needed that, I'm refreshed. Well, it wasn't the preacher, it wasn't anything, it was this right here just being preached. You know, I, I'm thankful for the Word of God, and I'm thankful for preachers who just preach the Word of God, because I want to know what the Word of God has to say. In this portion of Scripture, he says, He restoreth my soul, speaking of being refreshed here. And when you begin to think about the path of the righteousness, can I share with you that the Lord's path is a specific path? And three things that stand out when it comes to the Lord's path. Number one concerning this path is that path is a specific plan. You see, God has a specific plan for every single one of us that's present this evening. Every single one of us. And sometimes you might be wondering, well, you know, what is the Lord's plan? And sometimes we might find out the Lord's plan and we don't really like it. And so we go back to the song we just heard. His ways are higher than mine. You ever, you ever sit back and you just wonder, Lord, how did I get here? I never envisioned this taking place. And when you begin to think about the Lord's plan for your life and all that he has for you, one of the greatest things that you can do is on a daily basis. One of the things sometimes, if we're not careful, we yield to the Lord, but we try to do it and we try to break it up into seasons. And we say, Lord, I'll yield to you for this season. And then all of a sudden that season, we don't know when that season stops. You see, the Lord is in control of time. The Lord controls all of that. And as we find ourselves saying, Lord, I'm not going to just yield to you for seasons, but Lord, I'm going to yield to you daily. And as you yield to the Lord daily, you say, Lord, I want to follow your path and your plan. And so, Lord, what is that? He'll begin to reveal it. And it's as though you go back to when Brother Joe Decker was with us some years ago, and he began to, to preach through that. And it's as though you're walking in one accord daily with the Lord. As you yield to him, he reveals that next step. Brother Braxton and I were headed up to Crown, and we were talking about the will of God. And, and I, one of the ways that I put it many times is you, you're holding a flashlight. And that flashlight can only go so far, and you can only see so far. And as you begin to give yourself to the Lord's will, and you begin to, to walk with the Lord, as you walk with the Lord, what, what begins to happen? All of a sudden, that flashlight begins to show areas that you hadn't seen. There's doors on the right, doors on the left, doors ahead. And you're beginning to get closer and closer to those things as you walk with the Lord. And one of the things we have to ask ourselves today is, not only when it comes to the Lord's plan for our lives concerning that path, but this is, this is the real question. Do you even want to do the Lord's will? That's a hard thing to, to answer. You know, one, one of the hardest things is being honest about ourselves. We know how to pinpoint everyone else's problems, and we know how to pinpoint everyone else's perfect will, if we would. But sometimes we have to be honest with ourselves, and be, being honest with ourselves is a difficult thing. And he says right here, He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. Stay with me for just a moment. We're going to get somewhere here in just a second and reveal and show this to you visually. The Lord's path has a plan, and sometimes we don't know what that plan is. The Lord's path has a place, sometimes many places. You think about preachers and you think about individuals in our church right this very moment. Some of you have lived a life in such a way where the Lord has guided you to many places. In each of those stops, I think about military families, and many of you military families you're able to really relate with this understanding because there are different places that you go to along your journey of being in the military. 
And so you're stationed in one place for an extended amount of time, and then all of a sudden the Lord leads you to another place, and he places your family here, and then all of a sudden he moves you, and he places you here. And along the way, that's part of God's plan, and along the way God has different places, if you would. You think about sometimes, even in, in, in staying in a specific place, one of the things I've found to be true is over the last seven years, I've been able to form some relationships within our community with different people groups or, or different uh, businesses or different individuals. Now those places have grown, if you would. All of a sudden, it was just one place. I was called to, to come on staff to Gateway Baptist Church. That's all I knew. And then all of a sudden... Gateway Baptist Church and, and, and being, being on staff here and all that, all of a sudden it was no longer one place, but now the Lord opened a door for this place. And now the Lord opened a door for this place. Now the Lord opened, I think about the Adult Teen Challenge, being able to go and preach there. I think about going into some of those nursing homes and being able to preach there. I think about some of the, the, the businesses and the local people and the, the, the different people that I've been put in contact with just in this building situation, some of the people that I've gotten to know through selling some properties with the church and, some, and, and the buying and all of that. The Lord has began to open those doors. So there's different places sometimes. But truthfully, the place is this. When you think about the Lord's path and the Lord's plan for your life, the place is this, that you would be as close to him as possible. So what is that? I like to, to look at the life of Peter, and we, we give Peter one of the hardest times because Peter stepped out on the boat and he took his eyes off the Lord, right? How could he? When truth of the matter is, many of us, if we're being honest, wouldn't even step out of the boat. Right, but we, we take our eyes off of off of uh, Peter, and we begin. I mean, take our eyes off the Lord, and you begin to look at the life of Peter here. And one of the things that I found to, to be true about this situation that Peter saw is that Peter just realized number one, if the Lord is there, I want to be there. Now, now, definitely, he took his eyes off and began to look at the circumstances. That's a, an opportunity for us to learn from some things. That when we take our eyes off of Jesus and we look at those circumstances, we do the exact same thing. But I take from that portion of Scripture one of the, the most powerful things that Peter said, if, Lord, you're there, I want to be there as well. Can I share with you, that's the Lord's desire. That as his sheep, we would say, Lord, if you're there, I want to be there. Lord, if you're working here, I want to be working here. If you're doing this, I want to be doing that. If, Lord, you're guiding here, I want to be following. And so we come to realize that the place is ultimately the closest you can get to the Lord. Drawing nigh to him so he can draw nigh to you. The third thing we see concerning this path that we're dealing with, the path of the righteous, is this, that it has a purpose. What is that purpose? Look with me, if you would, verse number 4. Actually, verse number 3, I'm sorry. It says, He restoreth my soul, he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. Notice this statement right here, for his name's sake. What's the purpose? For him to be exalted. Let your light so shine before men. They may see your works, not glorify you, glorify him. You think about this, and you think about the principles here that you're finding here, and one of the things that we find to be true concerning this statement, he leaded me in the paths of righteousness, is that it is a difficult thing sometimes. Now, again, going back to dealing with the sheep-shepherd relationship here. Remember, last week we dealt with this. Sheep are not necessarily the, the brightest animals there ever were. So it's not necessarily a a flattering thing whenever you begin to really study Scripture. As a matter of fact, sometimes we look at this and we begin to think, man, he's, he's comparing us to a sheep and shepherd relationship, and what is he trying to say here? Some, what he's saying here, there are many characteristics about the sheep that we also have. We like to wander. Sheep like to wander. We get distracted. Sheep get distracted. We're stubborn. Sheep are stubborn. 
There are many characteristics about a sheep that you find here. And one of the characteristics that you see in verse number 3, that statement, He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. As you begin to study this out, you find that he truly is doing more than just leading. Brother Dustin, I'm going to get you and Jacob, if you don't mind, if you two would come and, and help me for this for just a moment. I'm going to have you, if you would, go ahead and put Jacob like you would if you were carrying him on your shoulder. Legs this way, head this way. Like you would if you were, you were picking him up. Yeah. There you go. Now I want you to, I want you to, to turn, turn him this way so you're carrying his head like this. Like he's, he's straight across like this for just a moment. Just like that. I want you to picture this for just a moment. You all right, Jacob? You good? Sometimes the sheep, when you read verse number 3, He restoreth my soul, He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. I want you to envision this for just a moment. When you come to this portion of Scripture right here, there comes a time sometimes when we literally have to be carried. Any of you ever been weary? Any of you ever been struggling and you were thinking, man, how am I going to get through all of this? You ever, been, you ever been praying that the next six months would just pass on by pretty quick? Can I share with you, this is exactly what the shepherd does right here. He begins to lift us up and he begins to carry us and all of a sudden, anywhere we need to go, he's, he's taking us and he's guiding us and he's helping us. Now the sheep here is beginning to, to realize that, hey, some of those cares are taken off of me. He's, he's walking through and as it says right here, he stores my soul, he refreshes. All right, y'all can be seated now. Sometimes the sheep need to be carried through. And I think about the many times in my own personal life, the many times some of you have gone through times whenever you look back and, and, and you made it through, but it was only by the grace of God. And you look back and you begin to look back and see the hand of God and how the Lord was bringing you through and how he, he gave you the strength for each day and he literally carried you through. In verse number 3, he says, He restores, he refreshes my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. In this portion of Scripture, verse number 3, that statement, He leadeth me, pictures a shepherd grabbing those sheep who have, who have been weary, who are struggling. He, he lifts them up and he begins to, to walk them through. Because one of the things that you'll find sometimes is that there are sheep that would get uh, begin to get, to get so caught up in eating that if they're not careful, they'll just not be paying attention. They'll walk off a cliff. Uh, they get so caught up in their, their, their food that they'll be walking or, and they'll walk right into danger. And if they're not careful, they'll be killed right then and there. And the shepherd begins to pick those sheep up and those troubled sheep, if you would, those struggling sheep. And he begins to, to help them to, to stay over here. Sometimes he has to lift them up and pick them up. Why is he doing that? For their own protection. In verse number 4, he goes on to say, He leadeth, or yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You see, I love this portion of Scripture, and in all that is taking place, in verse number 2 and 3, you see those statements, He maketh, He leadeth, He restoreth, He leadeth, all of that that is taking place. And I, and I love how the Lord begins to, to reveal all of what He is desiring to do in our lives. And in verses 3 and 4, as you come to these statements of this, this path, if you would, and what's going on, He restoreth my soul. It begins to, to deal with this statement and understanding that sometimes the sheep's wool would get matted. 
This is something that we can really relate to right here in verse number 3 at the very beginning. He restoreth my soul, begins to deal with this understanding that as the wool gets matted, dirty, that sometimes it can get so messed up and so thick and so hammered down and matted down on them that they get, it gets so heavy that they just, they just give up and they just topple on over. So how does this look spiritually? Spiritually, it looks like this. Spiritually, someone's struggling. This morning in our Sunday school hour, we were dealing with some of the things that a Christian would just say, I give up. I'm done. What are some of those things? Sometimes it's health reasons. They just get so overwhelmed by the health reasons, they just can't take it any longer. Sometimes it's the criticisms of others. Sometimes it's conditions. Sometimes, and you can name a list. The burden gets heavy. And the wool just begins to get heavier and heavier, and it says, He restoreth my soul. He refreshed this, this idea that they eventually just start to, to roll over, if you would. They can't get up any longer. Their, fur, their wool is matted down, and so what begins to take place? When they begin to fall over and they're not able to get back up, if you've ever seen this, they won't live very long. As a matter of fact, they begin to bloat. They begin to slowly see their heart stop. Their legs begin to cramp in the sun and they begin to get dehydrated and they begin to die of thirst, if you would. It's been often referred to as being cast down. And so it looks like this. Spiritually, uh, an individual is struggling. And you see them. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about because you might have been there before. But you ever said it this way? When someone asks, hey, it's, or, it's good to see you, how are you? And you might have heard someone say, I'm here. Can I share with you, it looks like this. They're sitting in that seat. They might even bring their Bible. They might even listen to the preacher. But deep down, you don't see these things, but they're miserable on the inside. They're cast down. They're weary. They're struggling. They're sitting there. They come in Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday evening. They sit here. There's not a smile on their face. And we might even look at them and say, there's something wrong with them. Maybe, maybe they're hurting. Maybe they're struggling. And they're cast down. And, and they're really weary in this time. And so as he says this right here, he restoreth my soul. This is what a good shepherd will begin to do. A good shepherd will begin to spot these things. Hey, that, that, sh that sheep's a little, a little weary. Something's going on right there in that shepherd or that sheep. And so all of a sudden, the, the shepherd begins to gently lift that sheep back up on its, on its legs and get that sheep from being dehydrated. He feeds that sheep some water. He begins to, to massage the legs of that sheep to get the blood flowing back once again. And he begins to help that sheep to get back up, up on its feet. And as the sheep begins to get strengthened, the, the shepherd begins to care for that sheep in such a way that he begins to help that sheep. And can I share with you, there are times in our own lives whenever you might even look and you might say, you know what, Pastor, you've missed some of those symptoms. Some of you may have come to the house of God and you say, you know what, I was there and you missed it. And there are going to be times whenever I do. As good of a shepherd as I want to be to our church and, and the under-shepherd and pastor of this church, there are going to be times whenever I let you down. But can I share with you that this is dealing with a greater shepherd than the under-shepherd? 
And can I share with you, there's nothing that has been filtered through the eyes of the Lord where he says, you know what, I missed that. And then all of a sudden, you might come to the house of God and you say, you know what, Pastor, you, you, you missed that, but by the grace of God, he didn't. And as you begin to think about those times in which you were cast down, all of a sudden the sheep begins to, to, begins to get those legs and that blood flowing once again, and they're, they're no longer dehydrated, and all of a sudden the Lord has lifted you back up. Whereas we saw the picture of that shepherd carrying the sheep on his back, and he's walking through and making sure that they don't go wayward, making sure that they don't go into danger, making sure that they're t- cared for. And then the other side is that they've, they've completely toppled over, and they're, they're struggling, they're weary, they're cast down, if you would. And the Lord begins to deal with us, and he lifts us back up and says, Oh, no, this isn't the end. This isn't the end. You ever been to that place where you got to a really dark place in your life, and you said, You know what? Maybe the Lord's just done with me. Can I share with you, if you're here today, the Lord's not done with you yet. And sometimes the devil will try to get us to believe that, hey, this is the end. I can't use you any longer. And, or the, the Lord can't use you any longer. The Lord's done with you. And all of a sudden the Lord lifts us back up and he begins to deal with us. But the other side of this, with the restoration, is this. Sometimes a sheep may be drifting and be wayward. They roam and they get close to that danger. They also can lead and teach other sheep to be wild as well. And on some occasions to protect the sheep when it gets so bad that they're constantly lost and in a way in danger, the shepherd has to do something. On some occasions, the shepherd will have to go to drastic measures for not just to keep one sheep, but the whole group. And he will begin to take the sheep and break one of its legs. You ever heard of this before? And he breaks the sheep's legs, causing it to be helpless and no longer wander. He then applies a splint, and he cares for the sheep and restores it again. And while he is thinking about this one sheep and saving the life of this sheep, he's ultimately thinking not just about that sheep, but the many sheep. As you begin to think about what the Lord does in our lives, in the sheep-shepherd relationship, I don't know how many times in our own lives the Lord has had to do this, and I, I don't know, it's hard for us to even know if the Lord has done this to us, but I wonder sometimes if there is a wayward child of God right in our midst. God's trying to not only save your life, but also save the lives of others, and he begins to really allow some circumstances to become unpleasant. You think about that sheep. That sheep is leading the charge. Hey, let's go out into some danger. Let's do something. Well, what's the shepherd going to do? We would look at the shepherd and say, how could he? he you're telling me he breaks the leg of the sheep? He does. For his own good. Can I share with you, the Lord has done some things in my own personal life where he has gotten my attention, where he didn't physically break my leg, but there felt like sometimes whenever he was breaking my leg, if that makes sense, for my own good. I believe every single one of us could share a testimony of that and, and how the Lord begins to deal with us. And notice with me, if you would, verse number three, the very first four words, He restoreth my soul. There's a refreshing process that begins to take place. And that shepherd begins to try to show that sheep that, hey, stick to the plan, stay in place, and here's the purpose. Can I share with you, sometimes if we're not careful, we like to to do our own thing, and the Lord is saying, hey, 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 I have a plan for your life. Be patient. Rest in me. 
Sometimes we get ahead of ourselves and we get ahead of the Lord and we say, Lord, no, I'm ready to do something. And so we just go do something without it being the perfect will of God. And all along the Lord is saying, oh, stick to the plan. Stick to the plan. Sometimes we get out of place and we begin to, to wander and we go wayward and the Lord is saying, oh, stay in place. Stay in place. I, I begin to think about a, a teacher who is teaching in an elementary school or, you know, where they've got young children and all of a sudden you see that single file line. What is that teacher saying the whole time as they're backing up, as they're coming to the, to the, to the, to the uh, cafeteria, they're saying, hey, stay in place, stay in place. I mean, probably a dozen times they have to say that from the very moment they leave to the very moment they get to the cafeteria. Stay in place. Stay in. Why? For their protection. They don't wander out into the road and get hit. They don't go into another class and cause issues. They don't hurt themselves. And ultimately, here's the purpose, to lift him up. And as you come to verse number 3, can I share with you, it's more than just these words. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. It's so much deeper than that. Sometimes, if we're not careful, we might just look at these verses and say, oh, yeah, Psalm 23, yeah, six verses, great. Mm, yeah, awesome. No. It's so much more than that. The first five words, the Lord is my shepherd. Tonight, you just saw a shepherd being illustrated where the Lord begins to carry you and lift you up and care for you and set you back up and care for you and, and break your leg if needing to, to, to care for you and to protect you and all of those things. And if we're not careful, we might just look at that and say, yeah, the Lord, it says the Lord is my shepherd. Man, that's awesome. No, do you understand what the shepherd has to go through sometimes to get our attention? Do you understand what the Lord has to put up with to get our attention? Do you understand what the Lord is trying to do in such a way where he says, hey, you're a precious sheep to me. I want to shepherd you. What he has to do. And sometimes we just look at it and say, yeah, he's my shepherd. No, no, no. It's kind of like sometimes if we were to look at our parents and we were to say, yeah, they're my parents. Oh, that's it. There was so much more to that parenting that went into it than you just to say, yeah, that was my, that was my mom and dad. There were the many meals that were made. There were the many times where we had to take you to the doctor. There were the many times. And you could go on. You just begin, But, yeah, we're just your parents. There's so much more to it. In every single moment of our lives, we have a shepherd who says, no, 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 I just don't care about that sheep. I don't just care about these two sheep or these three or these four. He cares for all the sheep. What a blessing that is. Can I encourage you, when it comes to the plan of God for your life, the paths of the righteousness, can I encourage you to stick to God's plan? Stay in place. Don't budge. Don't go wayward because you're trying to do your own thing. Or don't, don't get caught up in the distractions. Stay in place. There's a purpose for it. God's going to use every single one of us if we yield our lives to him. Leave that up to him. Don't try to do anything in your own ability, your own strength. As you come to Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Rest in him. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Lord, we come to you tonight. Lord, we thank you for the wonderful shepherd that you are. And Lord, we come to you rejoicing in your goodness in our lives. And Lord, maybe there's some sheep here tonight, Lord, who have experienced that being cast down and they've toppled over and they need you to really lift them up right now. Maybe there are some that are wayward, and Lord, they need you to break some legs and bring them back. Lord, maybe there's some that want to get to the altar and just thank you for the testimony and how you've worked in their life. Or maybe there's some who really just need to get to the altar and spend some time, Lord, because they need you to work right this very moment.
Lord, maybe we know some sheep who need to be brought back to the fold who've gone off on their own. Lord, I pray that we would spend some time in prayer and be specific about it. Lord, we thank you for the wonderful shepherd that you are. I pray that you'd guide us and direct us. Use this invitation the way you see fit. For it's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Would you stand with me? Heads bowed, eyes closed. Maybe the Lord is dealing with you. Maybe you want to thank him for the shepherding work he does in your life. Maybe you've experienced some broken legs and you want to thank the Lord for it. Oddly enough. Maybe this evening you want to say, Lord, help me to stick to your plan, your purpose. Lord, stay in place and allow you to guide me. Maybe tonight you want to find yourself just asking for the Lord to, to help you and to steer you and to direct you. Maybe you know someone who's gone off wayward and you want to pray for him tonight. Could I encourage you, if the Lord's speaking to you, somewhere at the altar, the piano's playing, spend some time at the altar.